0: Hey everybody, so it's been a little bit and I'm excited about this because uh, episode number nine, uh, Nueve, Uh, and today we're going to have a good conversation with an old friend of mine named Jeff Quillo. Jeff and I, uh, we knew each other back in California after I'd gotten out of the Navy. He taught me how to play guitar. We talked about that a little bit, but I just wanted to, to tell you how good it is to, and I'm sure a lot of you may know this too, to have friends that you had before Christ was part of your life and a part of their life. And then for you to have those friendships with you both in Christ now to see the difference. And so as he talks through this and he, and he takes off, man, I just let him go. And as he takes off, there's a part of me that's listening to what he's saying and there is a part of me that's listening and going. It is so good to hear this man talk about the kingdom the way he is. Um, so I just wanted to tell you that um, that it, it gets a little crazy, you know, because he and I—that's the way we do. So it's just a conversation, and we you guys get to listen, and and um, man, I just love God so much, and He encourages you. Oh man, He I am. So, We just got a phone. I'm just so encouraged. (laughs) I'm so happy. Um, So, you guys enjoy this episode. And, uh, man, he's so good. God is so good.
1: You're listening to the Under the Cloud Podcast.
0: That's right Okay you ready <laughs> Yeah I'm ready <laughs> Okay let's pray Lord we love you We thank you for this day We thank you for this opportunity To to talk about you Talk about your word Talk about your kingdom Talk about all the things you have for us In your in your Bible Lord That you've given us Lord we thank you for the, the opportunity To even have communications And we thank you Lord I thank you for old friends Lord that we can still talk about the Lord together and Lord, I ask that you bless this conversation for the for the use of everyone that's listening, in Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Thank you, God. Today we have a uh, a very special guest uh, on the on the radio, eh, not really radio, but uh, and so it, it's it's fitting that I have a really good guy, a really good guest on for the very first real episode of Under the Cloud. Uh, so today is Jeff Quillo from. Were you from Brooklyn originally?
1: Smithtown, Long Island.
0: Long Island, okay. Uh, and and. But I've been in California yeah.
1: now for. This is my 40th year. In wow. El Cajon. Oh man, it's just... a desert. So this is my 40th year in the desert. <laughs>
0: It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. so I, I wanted, I, I told Jeff that when we started, I, I wanted to explain how we know each other. Um, and I used to live in San Diego when I was in the Navy. Um, and Jeff lived in an apartment complex called Cabo Verde. And um, he had a, he lived there with his grandmother, Nona, who is one of my favorite people that I met in California. And... um she uh, lived next to a really good friend of mine that I was on the ship with. Just, I mean, literally across the little stoop there. And uh, so when I was over at Bruce's house, of course, this is before Jesus for me. This is before Christ. Um, when I was over at Bruce's house a couple times, I kind of met Jeff in passing. And then down the road, we moved, We wound up moving into that complex. And when we did, then um, Jeff was playing guitar in his garage and i said hey i just bought a guitar uh i'd like you to teach i'd like to learn how to play it and thinking that he was going to be like yeah whatever you know he said well bring it over and so i brought it over and bam great friendship that's lasted since 2003 17 years ain't that crazy
1: it is
0: and he taught me how to crawl, walk, and run with a guitar. <laughs> and I can I, can I, yeah, can I
1: elaborate Absolutely, on please. our reconnection? Yes. Uh, Jonathan and I were disconnected for at least, I would say, 10 years. Yeah. Because I, I moved back
0: to North Carolina.
1: Yes. Uh, you did move back to North Carolina. And I did end up on what we call Skid Row. And in a Skid Row shelter in Southeast San Diego. Um, And thank God it was Southeast San Diego where God broke me. uh, With plenty of African American people that had said to me, what do you got that big sad face on for? God woke you up this morning. And I hated that. But... It's been now 14 years that when I wake up, I say, good morning, God, thank you for waking me. I just did it again this morning. I didn't understand what they were talking about. So oftentimes when godly people speak to us, it can make us upset when we're not doing so hot with God. And I was not doing hot. I, I drove myself into a homeless situation that uh, I thought I was never going to come out. But uh, the sovereignty of God held on to me. And what I understand today is that if I ever wonder what the Lord is doing, uh, I, I know what he's doing. He's going after the one. He said that he would leave the 99 and go after the one. Yeah. The the biggest lie that I believed was that I had done one too many sins and that I was done. So I lived my life uh, to the debauchery uh, in excess uh, that I thought I should live because there was no way out. Um, And I found that... uh, that was the biggest lie that I was believing from the enemy. And it was the biggest untruth that I had believed. But reconnecting with Jonathan, I was home for about two years, back home, restored to God, and in the process of being reconciled to God because I had run such a, a sinful path that it was uh, it was quite the way back. Yeah. But um, there was a point where... I was on a four-day fast, and I don't really tell people when I'm fasting, but I was on this fast because I didn't feel God's presence, and I felt like, you know, I'm going to see if God's word is true. And what God's word was saying to me was that if you draw near to me, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. So I thought, okay, I'm going to draw near to God. Well, how do I do it? I'm just not going to eat. Uh, I'm going to drink water and juice, and that's it. But I'm going to draw near to God and see if he keeps to his end of the promise. So after uh, the four days, right before the end, it was the fourth day, I decided I'm going to eat breakfast with my grandmother. Jonathan mentioned my, my grandmother, who we called Nonna, not Nona. See, Jonathan says Nona because he's from some southern place down there where they just don't say Nona. Anyway, Nona in Italian means grandma. Yeah. So my grandmother had dementia, and she was sitting here at the kitchen table with a, a, her helper. We had a person come over and help for four hours a day, and then I came back from work to, to take over and help my grandmother through this dementia. Well, I got up, I walked over to the gas station, I got some black coffee, and halfway down the uh, sidewalk, I just thought of Jonathan. I had an overwhelming thought of Jonathan, and I had thought of Jonathan through the 10 years like, wow, I wonder if I'll ever speak to him again. I don't have his phone number anymore, don't know where it went. You know, when you're running amok out there, you lose touch of uh, people. You lose their numbers, you lose phones, you go through different phones. And so I just did not have Jonathan's number. And I stopped in the middle of the sidewalk with that cup of coffee in my hand, getting ready to go home and have breakfast. And I looked up to heaven and I said, God, what about Jonathan? Am I ever going to hear from Jonathan again? I just want to talk to Jonathan. And the biggest reason I wanted to talk to Jonathan was... Because while we were friends, there was a time I was really angry at Jonathan. Normally, when you're running amok, you're angry at people for no real good reason. So I don't even remember what the reason was. But I remember him standing before me as I expressed my anger to him. And he said to me, Jeff, I love you. And you know, I believed it. And I have not stopped believing it from that moment on. I just knew that he loved me. And when you're running and you're scared, you don't know who loves you. I knew my grandmother loved me. There's no question. Yeah. But to have uh, people outside the family that you just know they love you, I knew Jonathan was speaking the truth. So I stood on that sidewalk. I looked up, and I said, what about Jonathan, Dad? Am I ever going to hear from him again? And I uh, brought my head back down, and I continued my walk, and I sat at that kitchen table when I got back. Well, while I sat at the kitchen table, my my grandmother who had dementia looked over to her right. She reached down where she had a cooler set, and she kept all these different papers and a box uh, and just stuffed little knickknacks next to her while she ate her breakfast in case she needed uh, a pad or a pen or anything like that. She reached over, and she grabbed a box, and she started rummaging through it. While she was doing that, uh, our helper and, and myself, we were laughing. We're like, Norma, what are you doing? And she's rough, rustling through the papers, and she pulls out one piece of paper, and she hands it to me across the table. I took the paper into my hand, and I looked on it, and it said Jonathan with his phone number on it. Yeah, I was flabbergasted. I, I started to experience the promise of god where he said he would draw near to me so if you draw near to god he will draw near to you yeah i had just spent four days in prayer drawing near to god the best i knew how reading praying and fasting and here it was the moment i'm breaking my fast i had the eggs in front of me my grandmother hands me this now keep in mind that I had not mentioned Jonathan at all to my grandmother. My grandmother's short-term memory uh, at that point was pretty much gone. So uh, she did not uh, hear my voice ever say, hey, do we have Jonathan's number or anything like that? She reached in that box because the Holy Spirit filled her and God handed me that phone number. He was the one that inspired me to stop on the sidewalk and ask him, to hear from Jonathan <laughs> so uh, Jonathan could tell you the rest of that story which well, is pretty amazing my, from
0: my perspective uh, I was working in um, in Singer Louisiana I was working in, a, in a, a shop where we made metal for like metal roofing and stuff and I was just sitting there my phone vibrates and, and that number that number was my number in California and uh it was a georgia area code and when we moved to georgia i kept that number when we moved to louisiana uh in 2011 uh i opted to uh drop that number because i was trying to start a business of sorts and i didn't want people to have to call a long distance number so i got a local number and uh so we were going to get all new numbers but my wife decided to take that number and um because had she not taken that number you would have called that number and nobody would have answered it and uh so years later she she forwarded me the voicemail and um and i'm like okay she, and it said hey listen to this and you're, and then uh, then all of a sudden it's jeff and i just like it was just so cool and i called you right away and we talked for huh. a while and it was and <clears throat> i don't remember exactly at the time what was going on with me but it was very good to talk to you and it was very good to to hear your voice and, and, uh, and it's just it's awesome how when you need it the Lord will show up and some you know as the Bible says the Lord knows what you have need of even before you ask you did, were I,
1: working with you were working with uh, a guy as you were uh, also pastoring in a church okay at that time you were working with a guy in that room that day that you were pressing into yeah, that God was pressing right. into through through you and he was agnostic he just yes. was like i i just don't know jonathan yeah yeah that's right and Noah, yeah. what had happened what had happened was um you had plugged your phone into the music system that yep. was in there in the shop Yeah. so so that when you answered your wife played the recording of my excitement that my grandmother reached her hand in a box with about 300 <laughs> papers in it yeah, yeah. and pulled one paper out and handed it to me. <laughs> and, and and all it said was Jonathan with, a, I think it was a 678 area code. 706. Oh, what 706, was. whatever yeah. it was. That's awesome. I don't have that piece of paper to this day. I have you on Facebook. Well, I can yeah. get in touch with you anytime. But the 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 absolute chances of that were oh, absolute. They Water. were
0: absolute. And, and like you said that day, that uh, I'd forgotten about my side of the story. You knew it better than I did. Uh, what were, you were saying that time that that the idea of her having all those papers on the table is kind of out of the ordinary for her.
1: No, uh, no, she had them in a box. In a box. She reached in the box and, and something she was, was searching out. and yeah. She was searching in the box. And we were like wondering what she's doing. It was really cute. And we were laughing. We're like, well, what is she doing? I was like, Grandma, what, no, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? And uh, she reached across the table with one piece of paper and it had your number on it. And I was just, you know, for the next five days, God pressed into me to sh- to like the second half of that scripture is draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The next five days, he was doing all kinds of stuff to let me know he was with me. Because remember, I started fasting in the beginning because I didn't feel his presence. I didn't know where he was. I just couldn't, didn't believe that he, you know, I was really struggling that year with believing uh, because my feelings were such a big uh, indicator of nothing, really. And I ha- and he was teaching me that my feelings uh, don't mean anything about him being gone, if I don't feel he's there. I know that now. This was years ago. But uh, he took me through that lesson.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, in fact, you ministered to me during that time uh, and said, Jeff, your feelings, you know. And, but God did, God did show me, uh, get me through that to where, okay, if I don't feel his presence, I still know he's there. And I don't question it but uh and, and that's a great thing for god to do to anybody is just to teach them you know it's not based on our feelings whether he's in our life or whether we're saved and and uh, this is what leads us to ephesians one
0: ephesians one so you so this week <clears throat> just kind of give a how, how cool this all works you know how, how awesome the lord is um this podcast is something that, that the Lord pressed on me, and, and I'm excited to do it. The problem I'm running into, and as I explained to you today, uh, when you call this afternoon, is that it's really hard for me to schedule interviews with people due to the weather. Is Right now, it's just hard for me to get a, a consistent day off every week where I can say, hey, um, hey let's meet this Friday, or hey, let's meet Saturday, because you never know what my schedule is so yesterday when they said we're not working today uh on friday and i said okay and i was thinking well who can i get to do the podcast and then my little boy was sick so i was like i'll just leave it be for now and i'll come up with something later um and i had an idea of something to do by myself um and then was sitting there at the in the living room today and my phone rings I look down and says jeff and i'm like oh answer yes he's like so I was thinking i want to talk about this and i'm like well let's do it <laughs> so um tonight i mean it's midnight uh but I wanted to make sure that it was kind of quiet because I wanted to give the undivided attention uh to what it is that the lord's pressed on you uh and when you called you 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 had you had a message basically you had a, a had a purpose and you had a bible verse and i'm like well let's do it man i i want you to I want you to express what it is the Lord's pressed on you right now. So um, I'll let you have it, man, well, whatever you got.
1: If, if, if you're out there and you're not feeling saved or you even think that you're not, then that's a good indicator that you're worried about it. Yeah. If you're worried about it, that means you care. The unrepentant heart doesn't really care and is going to live the way it wants to then you're talking about uh, having a salvation that you neglect. And if you neglect your salvation, there's going to be consequence. Now, whether those consequences entail you completely lose your salvation in the end, well, that's very possible because uh, no fornicators, no drunkards, no revilers, which was what the things we were doing before we were saved, are going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So, it doesn't mean if you go out, get drunk, cuss somebody out tonight, uh, that you lose your salvation. I don't believe that. But if if you continue in a way, uh, that is up to God sovereignly. Uh, And I don't really have a, a complete understanding of that. I just know the evidence in my own life, my own experience, like I had said earlier. That uh, I really believed that it was gone. I thought I was accursed, and that there was no way back. Yeah. But even in that, even in that pit, God was teaching me that, uh, like I said, He leaves the ninety-nine to go get the one, meaning the the one unrighteous one. And I was living unrighteous. So if you're worried about it, it's a good indicator that you care about your salvation. Yeah. that that you always want it so in Ephesians when I was out there now that I'm not out there anymore running around uh, in that dominion uh, I find people that are and I and I find that they that God's Word fluently comes out of them but yet they're living on streets uh, inside of uh, garbage pails out of garbage pails and you know, a lot of them are, have turned into wet brains, and and they're just getting their butts kicked out there. And uh, I I I always ask them a question when it comes to God, and I ask them, "Have you ever heard the gospel?" And a lot of their answers, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, is yes. And then I ask them a the second question: "Well, do you did you believe it?" And they said yes. And then I'll say, then Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And they'll say, yes. I said, well, you still belong to him. And that he, if you're wondering what he's doing, he's coming for you. That one of the 99. And it's amazing. Uh, I don't know what happens to their lives at that point. But when I was out there in that position, and I was being ministered to by people that were, uh keeping in step with repentance that that's that i found what they said to me to be the most truth now the other voice is you're never coming out of this Uh, you're a bum you're slipping through the cracks of society there's no chance for you god is angry at you there's also those voices they can come from within us but uh usually in our voice but you can bet that they're from the enemy yeah what I found what I found, was evidence and proof of God being with me the whole time. And another thing was I didn't come out of that situation on my time. It was on his. If you ever study sheep and you study the shepherd, uh, when a sheep digs a hole and he goes out so far, he gets real close to being eaten by the wolf. Well... David said, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Well, the staff is wood and the rod is iron. So when we're so far out that we're involved in darkness and we're about to get eaten up because the enemy is looking to eat and devour, the sovereign hand of God stays on us. It stays on us in such a way, but you can bet that that uh, shepherd in real life will use the rod. And what he'll do is he'll beat that sheep all the way back with the rod to the to the uh, sheep to where he where he escaped from. Yeah. All the way back, and you can bet that that sheep will not dig that hole <laughs> and get himself get himself out there again because that beating was sufficient. And that's uh, that's the only thing keeping me from going back out is just the. Remembrance of that shepherd, the good shepherd, also leads us by the still water. Uh, sheep don't drink running water in real life; they won't. And, and uh, David did say that: "Restore me to the joy of your salvation. Restore me to that joy." We have that salvation, but we're not always having the joy. We need to be restored to the joy when we don't have it. Yeah, you know, we need to be we need to be saved every day and 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 that's what god does for us uh the minute that we think we can look at people and determine whether they're going to heaven or hell and what their final end is then we're going against god's word. yeah paul said paul said do not determine who's going to go into the heavenlies to bring christ down or who's going to go into the abyss to rise him up into the lower parts that's not for us to do so if you're confident and you're out there and you're preaching a doctrine that you can lose your salvation Then you're determining, uh, the outcome of that life. Is it possible that you can, uh, if you ignore God, I don't think that the consequences are going to be too good, but nowhere do, do I see the, the sentence or the words that you will, uh, that where God says you shall lose your salvation. In fact, He said he would not break that covenant, the the blood covenant. It's prophesied in the Old Testament that he will not break that covenant. Can we break it? Can we wander off and get ourselves uh, devoured by the devil? Yes, that can happen. But if you're worried about it and you're perplexed and you're going through, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. That means you want to come back, but the devil is uh, scaring you. Let me give you a little, a quick example of that kind of fear. Okay. Picture yourself standing on a rock, and you're one foot from the shore. But there's this large monster tied to, uh, with a chain, bolted and tied about 10 feet away from you. Can't get to you. But every time he sees your mannerism wanting to take that step onto the shore he starts to growl he starts to uh, go banshee and pull on that chain you get so scared you get so paralyzed that you stay right there on that rock that's really the enemy's tactic is to keep you in fear but the enemy's a liar right One one of the one of the clearest lies is the first lie told to eve right he said and he mixed up God's words. He said to Eve, "Did God truly say that you couldn't have the fruit from any of these trees?" Yeah. He made her think, he made her think for just a second. God said no, just the one tree. But Satan presented it in a way that God was the bad guy saying, "You can't have fruit from any of these trees." But he blamed God for saying that. Yeah. So he's he's a liar from the beginning. And in the mindset that I can't make it, that I'm unsaved, and and I did that one too many sin, I can't come back, is the biggest lie out there. Well, and the sovereign the sovereign hand of God uh, is the deliverance from that lie. Once you start to realize how he cares about you, uh, you just want to be with him. And you don't want to go back out like that sheep does and... and and get that rod again or even come close to the jaws of that wolf
0: yeah one time um so the bible calls it the rod of correction a lot of people say that and they forget that part that there's you know even in you alluded to psalms 23 beside the still waters but he says thy rod and thy staff they comfort me the the staff is a steering deal uh, mechanism used to keep you in the right direction but the rod a rod of correction is something that does another way that they would do it is if a sheep would run off they would also take that rod and break their leg and and then the shepherd would have to actually physically carry that sheep around physically carry that sheep while the leg healed enough to where it could walk on its own through that process becoming more um the sheep would become more attached to the shepherd through the process, and so I've heard it preached many, many times. How God will break you, hold you, and through that process of rehealing, you get closer to Him. And it's, in, you know, so kind of, kind of fits with what you're saying there. And it's, it's real. I didn't know the still water thing. That's kind of neat. I didn't know that sheep won't
1: yeah, uh, be it's, running water. it's really, it's really neat because he finishes the passage and the teaching with, and then he finds that sheep and puts him on his shoulders and carries him back yeah. home.
0: That's right.
1: So one and, of the th-
0: one of the yeah. things that I got years ago, and the Lord showed me this, was that a lot of people, and I've, I've now I have met a lot of people who would, at some point, whether it's during a you know a, a crusade or through a just a church service or through just a one on one conversation with someone, if someone would dedicate themselves, to the Lord, give themselves to the Lord, and in the moment of what we refer to as salvation, they give them, you know they give their life to Christ. And, and, um, and then you'll talk to them later on, ask them questions and they will say that very thing that you're talking about, how they'll feel like they're not saved and they'll feel like it's not there. Like it wasn't real or it wasn't, it was just for show or something that they'll, they'll have yeah. these things. And one of the things that the Lord showed me one time and I, and I've got to where I would tell people this. Even, even immediately, when they come up from the altar, when they come up from their moment and they turn around and they're like, yay, I'm saved, and the angels are rejoicing, I will just hug them up, tell them how much I love them, how, how much God loves them, and then in a few minutes, I don't like to wait too long, I like to say, hey, listen, the devil is going to try to tell you that that did not happen. But you have to ask yourself this question. Why would the devil try to convince an unsaved person that they're not saved? Because if you uh, were saved, he's or if you're not saved, he's not going to remind you that you need to be saved. Well, he's gonna he's gonna try 1. to do that to the one who is the believer. So kind of this, this, is why God's,
1: this is why Paul's excited in Ephesians one. He's so excited. He just starts talking about grace right away. And what he comes down to uh, later on in the verses from verse one is God so graciously gives us point of conception, point of being saved. So so we can determine, we, we may not remember what day it was, what time it was, but, uh, and some a lot of people do, they say, hey, I was saved January 3rd, 1948, at 7 o'clock, you know. But most people wonder, and, and Satan does like to have people wondering, was I saved? Did I do it right? Uh, Or was it, oh, man, what does it take? I don't speak in tongues. Maybe I don't have the Holy Spirit, blah, 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 blah. But uh, Ephesians 1 really is such a joy, and Paul's excited as he goes on in in verse 1. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, to the faithful in Christ Jesus grace be to you in peace. From God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, if that's not being excited, I don't know what it is, (laughs) According, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love, that's big right there because yep. it is our responsibility to be holy and blameless uh, before Him in love, and we can't do that without Him.
0: That's right.
1: So the dependence on God is a critical point. It's something we want to do, and a lot of teens will get saved. They'll hear the gospel, and they'll be saved, and next thing you know, it's 6 o'clock in the morning, and God wants to pull the covers because you don't want to get out of bed. Well, that's chastening. And <laughs> uh, a lot... People will run for the hills when they when they realize or they don't realize that I have a father in my life now, and he's holding me accountable and responsible. He's working in me, uh, Philippians 1, 6, for I am confident of this, that he will yeah. begin a good work, and you shall complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. There is no one more, um, how would you say it, relentless than God is. <laughs> he is relentless, and when he says you're his, you're his. So here's the point of conception, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. God loves to save people. Uh, I would say God's a hero. (laughs) To the praise, he's a creator and hero. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood. There it is. There's nothing that makes us righteous like his blood. There, I mean, there's, that's it. It's the yes. one thing that makes us righteous. For forgiveness of our sins, you know, we give ourselves a list, right? Oh, I didn't do that right. I didn't do this right. Oh, if I would have ended up in divorce. Oh, my gosh, I cheated on my. You know, I mean, there's a, a list of things that uh, that that God uh, forgives, period. So, uh, in whom we have redemption through his blood for the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made us know us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath proposed in himself. That, verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Remember, uh, God says, uh, God said plainly, or Paul said plainly that He wishes that no God wishes no one should perish. Yeah, Peter. for God so loved the God so loved the world. If you're in the world, you better believe that God loves you, because He so <laughs> He so loved the world. Even if you're of the world, He loves you. Both which are, and thank God, He pulled us out of the dominion of darkness and into His marvelous light. Uh, those of us that are saved and those of those of us being saved and which on earth even him in whom verse 11 in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will so this is all god's will uh, if, if it was up to us being saved we would just totally like ignore god i mean uh, he, he came looking for us he came down here we didn't go up there he came down here. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth. Here it is. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So, guess what, guys? You may be struggling, am I saved, am I not? But when you heard the gospel, your whole heart went out. Your whole heart went out to Christ. It cried out and it said, yes, I know who you are. You're the Lord, and I want to be saved. Well, guess what? You were sealed at that point. You may be running as long and far as you can, but my, my suggestion is uh, that you stop running. My suggestion is that you don't continue we're all called to repentance the Lord said yes repent or perish and he said that his mercy reaches the heavens it's not really a paradox it's a plain truth well how far is heaven I mean heaven is where we're seated so his mercies have brought us into heaven in fact we're seated in the heavenly realms so revelations if you if you read revelation 3 it says i will not blot out his name from the book of life i will not yeah god is not going to god is not going to break covenant no and if you're out there and you're teaching that then that's wrong but i think what's being taught is yes if you keep going in a certain way you can lose your salvation well if that's true then that fear should be a healthy one to where we're we're, we're repenting, we, we we we're crying out to God. We need help, and a lot of the times it doesn't help. Doesn't come the way we want it, when we want it, how we want it. It doesn't because uh, our own understanding leans to how it should be. But God knows what He's doing. Who's going to counsel God in your personal life yeah. when He says when He says you know what? Three meetings a week sound good for your addiction. Let's start with clearing your brain. You know, and you deny that, then you're denying the way back. You're, you're denying that salvation and ignoring it. And uh, uh, God uh, is, is in the healing business and, and the setting free business, the chains of addiction. I mean, there's stories after stories. But while we're in that pit, you better believe there's a liar there. And he's telling you you got no chance at all, that the chances are zero, and if you believe that then there is no chance at salvation yeah. but even if you do even if you do believe that i'm not trying to um, even if you do believe that it doesn't mean that god's not sovereign to to yeah. restore your faith
0: oh yeah absolutely you know, you're, you're so, that, that's not you, you can recover <laughs> from that mindset absolutely yeah
1: but what what a beautiful thing in, in verse 13 of Ephesians 1, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, remember the word comes by hearing, and hearing comes by, uh, uh, okay. and faith comes by the word, and at that point, you're sealed. Ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Well, do I have the Holy Spirit? Or don't I? Well, how come God's word comes up in your mind every time you're doing something wrong or you're going this way or you why does god's word remain in you because he's put it in your heart through the holy spirit jesus said i'm leaving this earth to send the helper to remind you of the if if that word is not going through your mind and you're out there and running around uh and you're just doing stuff without any conviction at all and you're not worried uh, or any of that and you're just fine then I would say you might want to look and see whether you're saved or not. Yeah. But most of you out there that are running and 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 that are stuck have God in your heart, have Him living in you, and the devil's saying, "How could He be living in you? You just did a whole bag of heroin. You think He's going to hang out in there with you?" Hey, let me tell you something. That Holy Spirit is tough, isn't it? I mean, it's a lethal combination if you think of it. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. And once you're His, you're His. Yeah. So if if I think that's the real point, you know, can you lose your salvation? Can't you? I don't think that is uh, as great a point is is as is. Um, if you're feeling it and you're worried about it and you're going deeper, further away from God, but it's still bugging you, then I would say that you are definitely saved and God is definitely working in you. For I am confident of this. He who began a good work in you shall complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And by the way, that's when he cracks up open the sky and settles all accounts. Yeah. And uh, when the author steps on the stage, the play is over. Until then, yeah.
0: I'm just, no, I'm just, I'm waiting to, you're just on a roll. I'm letting you go, man. It's awesome. I'm loving this. But I was just, so I'm sitting here thinking, and people don't know you. Well, they do. They, I mean, you might say, hey, listen to this. I did this podcast. So those people know you. I know you. Um, but the majority of the people who would listen to this on a regular basis have no idea who you are. The reason that you and I met through guitar, there was this guy that you were trying to play. You were playing music. You had an electric uh, black Stratocaster guitar. Uh, you played it through a Line 6 amplifier. And you were trying to play... This one blues song by a gentleman, and you played that thing over and over and over, and it took you a while, and you finally got that thing note for note. And I realized something: the blues ain't in you no more. You're not a blues guy no more. You were a blues man, but the blues, I was. the blues doesn't doesn't fit you anymore, does it? You're not. That Not that blues is always depressing, you know,
1: it, but it just doesn't wonderful, fit. It, it's wonderful that you're saying that. I still play the blues. I still No, 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 I'm just saying,
0: but the, that mentality that we both had no, no, at that time no, 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 is not that, there.
1: That, that's not who I am. I thought that's who I was, but that is not who I am. Uh, I was just sitting on the trolley, and this woman said, Are you a Christian? I said, Yeah. <laughs> she heard me ask another man if he was a Christian. He said no. But then this woman said, are you a Christian? I said, yeah. And she said, we're not the same, are we? We're never going to be able to no. go back to that and you know, uh, and live it the same way. You know, God is gracious. He, he gives us the warnings. He says through his prophets, uh, his apostles, uh, don't go back to a life of sin. Don't be enslaved again to it. And I, at point of conception, I believe the gospel is probably a kid, uh, you know. But at the same time, I went back to a life of sin and enslaved myself. Well, God's eternal, and I'm living here in this short time on earth, and wow, God, you held on to me? Yeah. Wow. I, so now I can live this last 14 years thinking when the idea sounds good, like I want to go back to it, it, it comes into my mind. Do not enslave yourself against the sin.
0: Yeah. Oh, cool.
1: It works <laughs> even now. I don't, I don't oh, have yeah. to live. The, oh, and then I start to remember what it was like to be a slave to sin. Yeah. You know, when you're a slave to something, it tells you when, where, how, and, and, and never tells you why because it's the mystery of wickedness. Yeah. People are out there doing doing things that they don't even understand what the heck they're doing. But the mystery of Christ. Yeah. Ooh, that's a whole better. It's, 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 it's so good on this side of the tracks. Yeah. And we're all tried. We're all tested. We're all uh, even tempted at some point to go back to that old way of life and thinking. But, man, we have a shepherd. He's got a rod and a staff. And that's what gave David the joy. Yeah. It wasn't the lashes on the back or, or from the rod or, or getting the leg broke or, or just a tap back in line with the wood staff. It was the joy that God cared. Yeah. It was the joy that, that God was there providing the forgiveness. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. You know, we could be sober and clean and not living in a, a, a sinful life and, and just going through the motions. And yeah. we find that we don't have any joy. We're like, man, where's my joy? Let me tell you, joy is a promise. It's a promise from Jesus himself. He said, and their joy will not be taken from them.
0: No. Nope.
1: When they when they saw him ascend on that hill, and he went to God, they saw their fate sealed. They saw him going into heaven, ascending into heaven. He said he would come back, but he ascended into heaven. Well, the Bible says right after they saw that that they went back to Jerusalem with exceeding joy. Yeah. What were they go What were they going back to? They were yeah. going back to life. Yeah. But this time they were Christian. They were yeah. going back to persecution. They, had, they, were they were going they they were going back to lions' den. They were going back to being sawed in half. They were going back to yeah. all kinds of trial and tribulation. But guess what? They came into the kingdom. We yep. come into the kingdom through trial and tribulation. That's not a one-time deal. It's a one-time deal that we're in. But we're constantly coming in into the kingdom. Not a, a, and you know, you it, in and out of the kingdom? I, I just think that once you're his, you're his. And he puts that seal on you. Uh, uh, unless you can show me where Jesus says, you know what? He go, He says, go and sin no more, lest something worse happen to you. Yeah. And you normally, after we're saved and we're clean and we're swept out, he he, he does say that, hey, 14 more come. It's, it gets even worse. Yeah. <laughs> 14, 14 more come in and join the party. But does it mean that you lost your salvation? No. No. Because if you still care and you're still raising your hands up and you're suffering the consequences, God's allowing them to happen, but you know in your heart that you believe and that word is in you, uh, you better believe that uh, he's right there. He is right there. The biggest lie in the world is that you're too far out there and that you ain't coming back.
0: So can I expand...
1: absolutely
0: okay so let me expound a little bit and I think this will not be something that everybody listening may not know your background like I do but so there there are a lot of churches denominations religious based setups that teach a merit-based salvation what then they won't tell you that it's merit-based and they won't ever go out and say hey you have to do is even you have to do one more good thing than the things you do bad. You know they won't ever just straight up say that, but what they do is they teach that mentality. They teach that that con concept that it, your salvation is based on your works, and that not and not just not just certain works, but if you're a good person versus not. And there's a lot of there's a big 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 worldwide denomination in which will remain nameless that will teach you that. <laughs> that a lot of those people not, not, maybe not coming all the way down from the top but a lot of those people think that it is about what you do versus what Jesus did and salvation comes from our faith and trust in what Christ did the very next chapter in Ephesians 2 verse 8 it says for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of your own selves not of yourselves it is the gift of god not as a result of works so that you so that no one may boast see and what a lot of people i think i think maybe i'm just guessing i don't know everybody's mindset of who you're talking about the people you run into the that that have that that feel like they're not there that feels like something's wrong i believe that in society In American society, I don't know about the rest of the world, but in American society, we have this idea that if you do more good than bad, then you're good. If you do more bad than good, then you're bad. But when it comes to Jesus, and when it comes to the grand scheme of things, you can't do enough good to cover the bad you've done. It is only through the death, burial, and resurrection, and trusting in the blood of Christ... And 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 what he did is only that is the only way to get saved, to be saved, to have time of the kingdom, and to be able to stand in front of the throne of God is only because of what Jesus did on the cross. That's it. But people sometimes will forget that and they'll start they'll fall back into this idea that it's about what they do, it's about did it you know something happens and you don't get to go to church on sunday morning because of work or something happens and you miss church and then oh man i miss church and some people will be like well if you don't go to church you don't love the lord and oh man what if i don't love the lord no just tell them people to shut up and just say hey guess what one day i miss church it's okay i had to work something happened car broke down i didn't make it to church it's not the end of the world it doesn't mean that jesus doesn't love me anymore it doesn't mean that i don't love jesus anymore but there's a lot of well, people out there who teach some real, like, you're right. There's some people out there who teach some stupid stuff, and they're really hurting the kingdom. And we need to, I'm glad you brought this up. I'm glad you addressed I
1: this. I would have to say that they're not hurting the kingdom. True. The kingdom, the gates of Haiti shall not prevail against the kingdom you're of right. God. Shall, I misspoke. Shall not. And here here's the thing. It could be really good for a person to be in a church that is works-oriented.
0: Say Does that again. make sense? Say it one more time. It,
1: it, it could be the most wonderful revelation to be in a church where it's all about the business of church. Okay. Why, why, why would that turn into something wonderful? Because God is the counselor in that person's life. True. Now, if that person is taught by God, and they come to a knowledge and understanding that, hey man, this is—it's this is a bunch of works here. This is—this isn't—this is humanistic. This is not really what I'm getting from Mary and Martha, where she's sitting down at the feet yeah. of Jesus. Uh, this is a bunch of people washing dishes and making sure that all the files are in the right spot and moving the ATM machine. Somebody's. Some churches are putting in the ATM machine. <laughs> they teach you how to tithe, do the basics, that's fine. Yeah. But you know, uh, the the reality is, can you can you fool that person a second time? Can can you present the doctrine of works to that person a second time? No, you can't. That person becomes elect. And once they're elect, Jesus said it'd be just about Almost impossible If it were possible to deceive the elect They're not going to fall For the doctrine of works Because they've already God's already taken them through it Through that hard process And they've learned grace So normally what people will do in that situation Is they'll leave They'll start asking God Okay, where do I go now? Because I want to go to church Now if you missed Three Sundays out of uh, four in a month, uh, but you make that one, you, well, you're saying, hey, I, I don't want to uh, um, uh, not gather with the saints as yeah. some are doing. I, I, I want to do that. I, yeah. I, I want to be in fellowship. It's a heart thing. And some, some people love fellowship so much that, you know, you got to kick them out of the church. Hey, you got to go home. You know what I mean? I mean, those guys are fantastic. I mean, They just love being around God. Everything is God. And, you know, they, they just love being in his home, his house, right? But uh, uh, I would have to say that it can be a great thing, a fantastic thing for God to put people under the law. And I think he's been doing that for a long time. If you read your Bible, uh, and I think it's, either in Romans or Corinthians. I don't want to misquote anything, but God can counsel and teach in ways uh, that you wouldn't think. Almost like fighting fire with fire, right? Yeah. You put somebody you put somebody in a cult. Boom, they're in this cult. They're learning they better go out and share with 25 people and, and they better have a certain mark for the money and blah, 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 blah. Otherwise, they start to be discipled and they start to be... Uh, even shunned in some case when they ask questions, well, is it really this hard? But uh, that person could find, ne- can possibly never be uh, under the doctrine of works again. They're getting a good taste of what that was and how false. And now they're under the doctrine of grace and go, oh, I'm starting to learn about God. I'm starting to learn about his love, his compassion, his forgiveness. Oh, I'm not condemned. It is real. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Walking according to the Spirit, God has placed a Spirit in us. It, to rebel against that Spirit and and, to, and it says, don't don't extinguish the Spirit.
0: Yeah. Quench well, not the Spirit.
1: I could do that tomorrow. I could do it today. Later on, I have a thought and then fall into some kind of sin. And pretty much I'm going to experience a separation. Fearful expectation of judgment, right? God is telling us, look, guys, when you sin, you're going to feel that separation? Uh, You're going to have a sense of judgment and condemnation? You know, that's just how serious sin is. You need me. You need abstinence. You need to be holy and blameless before me in love. I see you that way. And, and though you sin against me, uh, what is it, uh, seven times 777? Yeah, does He forgive me? Gosh, I just felt eight or nine times. But you know what? You keep coming back. And, yeah. and Jesus gives us that responsibility. We're not robots. He says, come to me, all ye that are heavy laden and burdened, yeah. and I will give you rest." Well, guess what come to me means? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know yeah. Those of you who had a father, he's like, hey. Come on, I'm I'm gonna drive. Little yeah. girl starts screaming and, and she's kicking, she's screaming, or the or the boys kicking and screaming. I don't want to drive with you. Well, why? Because <laughs> I don't trust you driving. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. scared to death to get in the car with dad. It's you know, like and, that hey, God, it, it, I don't
0: know.
1: It, it it can be the same thing for us. We're like, I well, you know what? Drive. I want to drive. I got this wheel. I, 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 let me do it. Let me do. It. I can do it. You know, and 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 what we do good as sheep <laughs> is wander off, right? I love the the fact that David said, "You count my wanderings, God." Yeah. Wow. When 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 his mind was far off and going in every which way direction, uh, God was right there. We have to believe in His presence, His present mercy, and even if we don't believe, it's a wonderful thing that the disciples saw the miracles. And they still had to say, uh, increase our faith. God loves that prayer when we say, God, uh, please give me faith. Restore the joy of my salvation. Show me the way. You know, even if we don't like it and we're not feeling it, we can still ask. Well, what's a sacrifice of praise? What is Mm -hmm. that? Okay, David said, I will give a sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice is something most of the time you really don't want to do. It's a sacrifice. But then, again, there's sacrifices that we make that we really, we hey, I know this is going to hurt, yep. and I'm going to go ahead and sacrifice it, right? Because deep in our flesh, we really don't want to do it. But, boy, I tell you, uh, come to me, all ye that are heavy laden and burdened. So now we're living this life, and it's the same day every day, right? Because we haven't come to them. Well, I came to you 10 minutes ago. But for the rest of the day, I'm like, I'm I'm not, you know, I can handle the rest of this. We all fall into that. But God is, uh, God neither sleeps nor slumbers. And he sure is attentive to our prayers. But just remember the biggest lie out there is if you've done one too many sins. Or you can't come back. You lost your salvation, blah, 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 blah. And there's people out there that'll help you co-sign that stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, you have they to be. They right know the your way word, and man.
1: Say, well, you better get baptized eight or nine times. <laughs> let's let's baptize you again. Make sure that water works. Yeah, you know, yeah. you weren't right the first time. Well, where does it say that in the Bible? It says you believed, sealed. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Period.
0: So earlier did, did you we, talked about earlier you talked don't about
1: don't you know, don't live a life of sin, you are living a life of sin, God'll pull you out of it, but uh a lot of times when he gives us the help, we don't like the way it comes, yeah, what do you mean i have, uh, you know I, I said this earlier I won't no, say it no, again.
0: no no, I'm just no, no no, no, earlier you said something in uh, no, I don't you say it ten times, I don't care, uh but earlier you had mentioned something about how. Sometimes you feel like you're by yourself, like God's not there, like you know, and and like you were talking about, you're fast, and 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 then there's times when even when you're uh, giving yourself to God and you're active and you're doing all these things, you kind of feel alone. It reminded me of a poem, no and and you may have heard it, and I'm sure everybody listening has read it at some point, called Footprints, or commonly like, referred to as Footprints in the Sand. Are you familiar with what with the poem? Yes. okay I so, got it hanging so hanging on my wall. So let me read it. I got I pulled it up here. Uh it says okay. uh I don't it, don't it don't say who wrote it, so I'm sorry for not giving credit to the writer. Uh it says one night a man had a dream. He dreamed he was walking alone on the beach with the Lord, along the beach with the Lord, across the sky flashed scenes from his life. For each scene he noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonged to him the other to the Lord when the last scene of his life flashed before him he looked back at the footprints in the sand and noticed many times along the path of his life there was only one set of footprints then he noticed again that it happened at the very lowest and saddest times in his life this really bothered him and he questioned the Lord about it Lord you said that once I decided to follow you you would walk with me all the way but I have noticed that during the most troublesome times of my life, there's only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you the most, that you would leave me. The, yeah. Lord, the Lord replied, my precious, precious child, I love you and I would never leave you. During, you your times, during your times of trials and suffering, when you only see one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. And I think, I love that poem, I've read that a million times, and it's it's one of them things that, I always try to describe it this way, and we talked before that we started recording, which by the way, we're over an hour now, uh, I, I, I remember the night that I said, Lord, I need you to be my savior, it was October 1996. And I don't remember the day, but I remember the month, October in the year, 96. And even even when I was in the Navy and even when I was doing the sailor things and even when I was doing the the the, the sailor things, the world things, and given full, full control to that, there was still a part of me that understood... The totality of what I was doing unlike I would have before and once and I believe this with everything in me and it fits with what we're talking about once you are touched truly truly touched by the Father and His love actually touches you it changes you so much so that you will never forget how that feels It doesn't mean that you're going to be in it all the time because there's going to be times when you are being stupid and stubborn and you don't allow him to love you. But that doesn't mean that you won't ever, that you'll ever forget what that love feels like. And I love that so much as what you're bringing up and how you brought this into into a lot that's so good for people. I think one of the things and because of my time in church in the kingdom running away from the kingdom and then back in the kingdom one of my early early times in in ministry was all about reaching those people who used to be in church but aren't anymore and and those people a lot of times are hurt by religion or hurt by what we call back home the blue hairs or the fuddy duddies in the church who make everything about the traditionals and this and that and you got to do this and that and they and it and it hurts their walk to the point where they give up and and so I, for a long time I would reach out to those people and say hey you know just because you were mistreated in church doesn't mean that God doesn't love you anymore he still loves you he still wants you he still desires your relationship we had this one lady who was she she was a lesbian and she gave her life to the lord she left her partner and she started coming to church and she was active in church and she was coming and she was like you know she just you know it was she was there but people would not let her forget that she used to be that. And then something happened, and the, her former partners, like I think her mom or her dad passed away. So somebody really close passed away. So she goes back to be with her during that time and then goes back into that. And I often wondered how much different it would be if people would have treated her with the love of God the way he wants us to. And and so a lot of these people that you're talking about who used to be there and used to have that passion and fire and they've lost it, a lot of that's because of people like me and you who've said the wrong thing and done the wrong thing. and And even if we don't mean to do it, even if we're doing it accidentally, we do it and so that's why we have to be very cautious what we say pray about things and ask God to give us the wisdom that whatever comes out of our mouth is God because I don't ever want to cause nobody to stumble and I don't ever want to be the one that causes somebody to doubt what they've done because of some prideful thing that I have in my heart and I'm sure that if we go back in my history that I have hurt people's walk and i'm and i i hope i haven't but i'm sure i have so i just press forward and saying lord please don't ever let me do that again let me be completely and wholly just dedicated to your cause and whatever it is you got to do and but you're right though you're absolutely right sealed <laughs> i looked it up while i was talking it was awesome man is like this is the same guy this is the same guy people that was teaching me how to play guitar and we would sit in the garage and we would talk and it's so awesome hearing you talk with such passion about god's word about his oh man this i can't even i i wish i could give you a hug right now i might have to fly to san diego and start just just so i can give you a hug meet me at the airport and give you a hug and then i get back on the plane and come home is that okay
1: that'd be awesome man
0: (laughs) I wouldn't let you go (laughs) I might just have to fly you out here to Louisiana I wouldn't let you go back home (laughs) well my family might not appreciate it but oh man we're at an hour over an hour and seven minutes man this is so easy to talk we gotta do this again hmm
1: The, the rains beat against that house the winds and it didn't fall because it was built on the rock.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Built on the rock. You know, you, 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 when you wake up in the morning and you realize that God woke you up, you're in a good place. But when we just get up every day and we forget that, then we lose our gratitude. And depression sets in. And there's two, two things that can't be in the same room together, and that's depression and gratitude. They just don't go together. They just won't hang out with each other. So one of the, one of the things uh, about men of God is uh, if you read the history of men of God, they all dealt with depression. And David said, uh, I feel like an owl on a rooftop, you know. Uh, Jesus, I could feel all my bones. I mean, it was definitely there. Grief and depression were there. But, uh, boy, God has a way of stepping on in and and comforting and and, and, uh, abiding. But uh, it's always our responsibility to remain and abide, and uh, he helps us with that. Like you said, he carries us. Sometimes I'll I'll just say, "Hey, uh, God's carrying me right now," or someone will have to remind me, "Hey, He's carrying you right now." Yeah, yeah. He's carrying you. But uh, it's our responsibility to come to Him. He leaves that He leaves that to us. He says, "Hey, come to me." Well, how do I come to you? I don't even know where you are. Oh, I'm right here. Well, I don't know what to do. I'll show you. a lot of times coming to God entails doing things that we really don't think we don't want to do or that's a ridiculous plan we we shoot it down just as fast as it comes and our our prejudices get in the way and uh, pride right yeah our pride so but he still reaches out he's 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 still. It's better to be under his wing. And find your way under his wing. And uh, just find out who he is and how faithful he is. It's it's a great day when you when you when you're talking to him and you just say, "Oh God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for getting me through this uh, family member's death." Or, God, I. I was without a job. I didn't know what I was going to do. And here comes the sun shining. Yeah, I'm on the job. Now you're using it to work on my character and my attitudes.
0: (laughs) All I wanted was money. Quit working on everything else.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you uh, you weren't kidding when you said, uh, uh, "For I am confident of this, that he would begin a good work, and you shall complete
0: it." <laughs> <laughs> hey, when, I was a, oh, when I was a kid, there was a song. There was a song when I was a kid uh, that was, "He's still working on me to make me a what ought to yeah. be." It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and earth and Jupiter and Mars, and how loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me.
1: Yeah. You thought you were going to run away yeah. You thought you were going to get away yeah. But David knew that truth Right he tried to run his butt off He <laughs> said if I make my If I make my bed in Sheol You're going to be there <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I
1: will, yeah. I, when, when the Lord Says never Oh man he's not kidding mm-hmm. I will never Leave or forsake you uh, 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 He doesn't leave us We leave him Yeah we leave him uh, on the thing of hurting people uh, while we're in the kingdom or we have fears of our own and then we pass a judgment and these things of that nature. The Holy Spirit convicts us. We can do one of two things. We can anesthetize it or we can make the amends with that person. I was wrong. Normally when we judge somebody, they, they heap a judgment back on us twofold or even tenfold,
0: yeah. and we're hurt
1: too. And we don't pray for reconciliation of that friendship or ask God what the corrective measures are to make it right Uh, the other person may never want to reconcile but we have to uh, come to Christ to find out even how to do that how do I how do I do this boy it it can be tough I, I know I've said things to hurt people in the kingdom of God and it, it, it makes me shudder to think if anyone uh, has gone astray for even a day because of something I did or said. Yeah. But I still think that it's always our responsibility to come to Him. I know that looking back and looking forward, He's never treated me like that. And that is unchristlike when we do that. And it is wrong. And But there's, there's ways to make uh, corrective measures and amends to the person, and it has to be from our hearts. You know, hey, I, I can't believe it. I said this to Joe, and blah blah blah. And man, he now he's struggling. And holy cow, what do I do? Well, I start praying, start talking to God. You know, uh, prayer is the beginning of humility. It's 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 it's, it's talking to God. Yeah. I, I don't know what to do. And I, and I need you to help me, show me, what do I do? Because, boy, it felt good when I was going off. It felt right. Mm-hmm. I felt justified. Yeah. <laughs> Man, there's just no justification uh, for judging another. And I've been asking God because I'm in a situation like that. I'm asking him every day and praying for that person every day. You know, what do I do, you know? And, uh. I'll bet that that person's doing the same thing because I was pretty hurt too but um, the devil causes chaos and and division and that's what he wants and we fall to that but uh, I don't think God ever gives up on any any person I, I wish that none should perish yeah but yeah. The, it is our responsibility it's to re- yeah. it's our and you know uh, I've asked, we ask for repentance. God grants it if we're, we're asking for it. And, hey, I need repentance in this and or and that. Please grant me repentance. And normally, when we're praying like that, we're really wanting it, and we're get we get it right away. God's all for turning around and coming toward Him. And and how He would live this life, and how He would work it out and we can always ask other brothers and sisters hey can you pray for for this i you know confession i i did or i said or you know and and i just want to confess this you know jesus said something wonderful he said um lest they come to the light and i should heal them he's talking about our sins you know we got to bring it to the light Uh, being in secret With sin. I mean, what's the devil going to do with someone that tells on
0: themselves? (laughs) Takes away all the blackmail is what it is. He loses all his blackmail when you do that. But
1: I'll bet you 100% of the time where we believe we're justified in that action that we did, and and pastors do it, they'll throw people out of church and ask them not to come back. And uh, I mean, the last church I was in, one of the guys was doing too many hallelujahs, and they said, "Hey, if you continue that at the front, we're going to have to ask you to leave." What?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, and they don't have any bone about it. Wow. Uh, I would cringe to think that I would cringe to think that uh, I had that much uh, authority. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that churches have learned how to do is to govern over the people and to. Um, handle business accordingly, and they have desks, and they have file cabinets, and they have, you know, some have ATM machines, and every dollar is counted, and there's new panels going up, and here comes an abortion petition, first one in 50 years in the state of California. And uh, they don't want to bring that to their con- congregation and ask them to sign it to stop the murder of these children. They don't want to ruffle any feathers and they don't want to tweak the business as usual. And I don't know how they'll explain, uh, how that prayer was answered and how a president put, uh, uh, pro pro lifers in the, in the, uh, Supreme court to overturn any vote in California. If it was, if the governor would just say, no, I'm overturning this vote against abortion and, it's going to continue here. You know, when God answers a prayer like that, but the church itself says, eh, we don't really like the wording, this murder thing. And this, we're, we're not going to, we'll sign it, but we're not going to talk to the 10,000 people in our congregation and inspire them to sign it and stop it. And that happened here. It happened here in California where the big churches wanted nothing to do with the petition that was by the uh, governor of California Uh, okayed. The petition came out. Um, 126,000 petitions were sent here to San Diego and all the big churches uh, would not take it to the congregation to get the votes. We needed 800,000 votes for the ballot. But they decided not against it because uh, it it, it was going to be a criminal act to kill a baby in the state of California. Well, if, if that was true, then even the utensils and, and, and the, the tools used to destroy a skull of a baby would be illegal. And so would the, the abortion mills at that point. They would be illegal. But it was the church itself that said, uh, no, uh, we're not going to do that. Here, I'll sign it for you, but go away. Yeah. And, and, and that did happen. you know. And Jesus said something. He said, he, he taught us how to pray. He said, on earth as it is in heaven... Well, if that's the way God wants it, can you picture an abortion mill in heaven?
0: Oh, Lord, no. Oh, Lord. No. So if he
1: wants it on earth, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, then why wouldn't he be able to answer the prayer of the saints that wanted the 800,000 to sign and get on the ballot, voted for, and if it was turned down after the vote, when we won here in California then the Supreme Court would overturn that because they're all for life and not death of children but it wasn't the secular world that kept it from happening it was the business of church that didn't want anything to do with it but repentance starts in the house of God and uh, I hope another one comes and hearts are changed but uh, boy uh, why not I mean, why wouldn't God be able to just go, okay, I'm going to bless this state or that state or, or the people of God. And, and this is what they're asking for. They, they want to stop the murder of children. And, you know, most women, if they think it's illegal, they ain't going to do it. I mean, 98% people in jail are men. Yeah. Guys are crazy, but <laughs> women, you know, if there's a consequence like that, I don't, I don't think I'm going to do it. Well, if it's voted against in any state, uh, how much more could God bless that state with the finances and the ability to help these kids? He would just yeah. bless it because God is—I uh, think God's pro-life. <laughs> I mean,
0: with this be sure fruitful if... and
1: multiply, yeah, yeah, with the be fruitful and multiply thing. But on earth as it is in heaven, He wants it. He wants it like it is there, and there's, there are no abortion mills in heaven. I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah. I haven't been there. <laughs> I
0: don't think. No, but I got a I, don't think I got so. a reservation for it, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we were made it uh, all the insurance premiums were paid in one payment.
0: That's right. One yeah. payment Well, oh, man, it's getting one. it's getting the an hour and 20 minutes in. God has been good and uh we're going to try to shut this down if you don't mind though. Would you if you don't mind would you pray for us? I I uh, will. And pray us out of this thing.
1: Yeah, I will. Father, we uh, just ask your forgiveness, Dad. We we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you never give up on us. Thank you for your word. We thank you that you're all about the business of saving Mm -hmm. and not destroying. And you're all about the business of uh, bringing us together and filling us with your spirit. And God, you don't have to. we're, we're of no value uh, to you other than uh, you love us. <laughs> you <laughs> died for us. You blessed for us. We thank you, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your help. Thank you that you don't give up on that one that's wandered off and that you're always working and, and, and reaching and, and even that you get your way in us, Dad. We just thank you that you take care of us and do the divine that we can't do want to pray for uh, everyone out there that's hurting and wondering uh, whether they're saved or not, Father, that uh, you would just increase the faith of that salvation and restore it, Father, to them that have wandered off. Father, you're not you're not a God of second chances. You, you're a God of uh, eternal chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just never end. There is no limit to you, Father, and we thank you for that. You've even preserved our loved ones that passed away. They're they're preserved in heaven. They're there. You've done that for us. Father, let no man decide who goes into the and who's not going. Father, let no man do that. Uh, We just pray that uh, there'd be just more than a, a revival, Father, but a restoration in your church, Dad. You wanted us to rule here on earth. And, and you still want that. Your kingdom come, Father, we pray. Thank you for this time, Dad. Uh, forgive us if we have hurt people, and I know we have. And we've asked your forgiveness. We Just show us the corrective measures to bless them and to make the amends. And, uh, Father, thank you for your love and your mercy. I just pray that if people are out there and they're confused about their salvation, Dad, that uh, you are not a God of confusion, that you would just touch people's hearts and minds even in this hour to know, hey, I'm saved, man. I'm not going back. God loves me. Oh, I have an urgency. (laughs) I have a desperation. I got to get right with God. I I have to. I got to do what I think he wants me to do. Because I don't want to go back I don't want to stay stuck in these chains In this prison I don't, I don't want to, my family to be crying And hurting because I'm using drugs Or because I'm running off I just want to stop I need you dad I need you I need you just to give me the hope I need every day uh, Ten times a day Just so I can keep going Thank you for carrying me God Just Just Thank you for carrying me right now, for giving me the hope of your glory, Dad. We just bless you, Dad, that you've lavished us to call us uh, uh, sons and daughters. Father, let your word keep rising up in us against those lies. Dad, thank you that you're working even more intensely now because you're coming soon. Bless you, Lord, and praise you for this time. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus, amen. Amen. Your son.
0: Amen. Jeff, I love you.
1: I love you, Jonathan. Thank you for listening.